Shalom. Welcome to another episode of Inspiration from Zion. I'm Jonathan Feldstein, and I have the privilege of being your host, coming to you from the Judean mountains here in Israel. I like to refer to it as the original Bible Belt. Inspiration from Zion is a program of the Genesis 123 Foundation, whose mission is to build bridges between Jews and Christians, and Christians with Israel in ways that are new, unique, and meaningful. I pray that you will find this, all of those. Through this program, we're excited to connect you to people and stories in and relating to Israel to give you a window to look through, experiencing aspects of life here that you might not otherwise know about. We want this to be interactive, so please be in touch with us at inspirationfromzion at gmail.com and send in, send along any questions and any comments about any topic anytime. Or you can reach us at genesis123.co or follow and like Inspiration from Zion on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Stay tuned until the end of the program, where we're also going to share an exciting opportunity for you. And please feel free to share this with people who you know who will also find it of interest. So today, I'm actually not recording from the Judean mountains. I am recording from Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the Jewish people and the, and the modern state of Israel. And I'm sitting on the sidelines just at the conclusion of the sixth government, pre, uh, government uh, press office Christian Media Summit. It has been a delight to be here, um, inspired by the government making this investment and bringing about 150 Christian media people to Jerusalem for this summit from about 50 nations, I think. And I've been inspired by being here. I've been inspired by the content and even more so by the participants. And today I'm actually a little hum, a lot humbled to have John Riley with me because John is the superstar of media and I, I have the, uh, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. We, that's not <laughs> your no, no. the mic is on. <laughs> I have the, I have the challenge of having a, a conversation with him and where he's on normally on the other side of the mic. We're going to have a conversation where I'm going to try and it won't be hard. It's not going to be difficult at all. This is just a conversation between friends, old friends who just met today, actually. That's right. Time. And and before I forget, I want to give a shout out to our mutual friend who introduced us, Pastor Todd Schumacher in uh, in Lake in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Um, so we're, we're going to actually so I don't forget this. This episode is dedicated in uh, in honor of our friend, Pastor Todd and and the recovery that's still going on in Lake Charles from the devastating uh, hurricanes that yeah. they suffered um, twice in one year in 2020. Mm-hmm. So as I said before, our guest today is John Riley. He's a longtime journalist and commentator, commentator uh, currently with a, with a regular program on American Family Radio. Um, John's unique focus is Israel and the Middle East. And he brings not just a lot of interest, but a lot of expertise. And it's really great because we were chatting in the Knesset today about a number of things, learning from one another, very white. And it's sort of we're continuing that conversation. Um, John is as well regarded as he is widely followed. And it really is a privilege, John, to be oh, able to sit with you. you and host you today on Inspiration from Zion. Thank you. And uh, the first thing I want to say is, uh, you know, it's true that the original Bible Belt is in the Judean Mountain. Yes. You know, that, that's that's so true. But, but the <laughs> second Bible Belt is where I am from. And that is in Mississippi, the southern part of the United States. So, you know, you were you were completely accurate. But, hey, we, we get the second. Uh, we, we, we love thing. we love this. We love the other Bible Belt. <laughs> um, and and we respect the people in the buckle of the Bible, yeah. which I'm told is Nashville, 
And I always, anyone listening from Texas, I always like to send uh, our greetings from the original Lone Star State. But yes, we, we have, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of um, relations that we have and, and things that are relevant. Yes. And, and I wanted to go into that, John, you're, this, you're not a stranger to Israel. In fact, the funny thing is we've been trying to meet now for several months, mm-hmm. but you've been in America, you've been in Israel every time I've been in America and vice versa. So we've been missing each other and you're no stranger here, but this was from my experience, really a unique summit. And let's talk about that first. Okay. What brought you here now this week? What was unique? Why is it so significant that the Israeli government hosts this annual now revived after the pandemic program to bring people like you here? So um, as you mentioned, I work for American Family Radio. I've been a part of that ministry for 32 years now. We're a network of, oh. of 200 radio stations across the United States. American Family Radio is a part of the American Family Association. We're a pro-family organization that was founded in 1977 by Dr. Don Wildman with the express purpose of, of encouraging people to be salt and light into the world under a biblical foundation because it all began when he was in front of the TV set and he saw all this negative uh, anti-Christian Judeo stuff going on TV. And he said, we've got to do something about that. He started boycotts. The ministry grew. And now uh, without going into all the detail about the ministry, uh, we've got many, many employees, about 150. And our mission is to inform, equip, and motivate people to make a difference in the culture. So under a biblical foundation, because yeah. in the United States, we're gone crazy when it comes to moral values and things that the Bible says uh, that, that you shouldn't shouldn't do. And so, um, but that's the ministry that I'm a part of American Family Association. So I've been with them for 32 years. And about seven years ago, the ministry, the leadership team came and said, John, we know you love Israel. We know you have a heart for Israel. We know your mom was Jewish, and maybe we can talk oh, about yeah, yeah, we will talk about that. But um, we want you to create a five-minute radio show that deals with Israel. And I said, sign me up. I didn't even think about it. I said, sign me up. <laughs> and and we, they needed to fill some time slots over the weekend, so that began the Middle East Report, which I do um, on American Family Radio. It's been picked up by by about I think another thirty radio stations. And Amazing. What I try to do with the program is to do a, a wide variety of things, obviously to tell the truth about what's happening in Israel, archaeology, security, um, uh, speaking to to Jewish people like you, um, what's going on in the land, just a, a wide variety of things that are going on in the land. And so I've been doing that. And then several years ago, I found out, getting back to your original question about the government press office, I found out about the this government press office having a Christian media summit. And I thought, wow, that'll go really good because I could get a lot of interviews. And so I was invited, and let me tell you, it is an amazing thing for the Israeli government, the the government press office, to invite Christian media professionals to come and be a part of this. It's incredible. I've never heard of that. And so what they are doing is really uh, amazing. No, by the way, before we continue about what happened this week, you just mentioned in terms of their own program that you do, where can people listen? They can they can go to afr.net, afr.net, and then uh, just click under podcast in the Middle right. East report. So there's a bunch there. And that's on Spotify. And I think they put it up on iTunes and that sort okay. of thing. Yeah. So people should, yeah. when they're not listening to Inspiration from Zion, they should definitely that's follow right. John, John <laughs> Riley in the Middle East report. Um, okay, so let's talk about this week. Okay. This was not your first time. You're a veteran. Right. You're, you, well, you're, you're a bona fide expert. I, I, I'm just somebody who loves Israel. Okay. I'm somebody who loves the Bible. 
And I don't know if that makes me an expert. I don't think so. Well, I, there are but, a lot of people who are, love the Bible and love Israel who are sitting and listening to this right now who haven't been here ever and certainly not as much as you yeah. and have the fluidity. Well, I've been here uh, 30 times wow. now or okay. something like that. And we've traveled all over this land. I've had the privilege of bringing people to Israel, um, dozens of people, uh, friends and, and other people to, to the land. Because here's the reason why I want them to come and see the landscape. I want them to come and when they read the word of God, I want them to understand what they are reading in the, in the context of where, where it happened. So um, it always excites me to bring people here to the land of Israel. So that when they open up the Bible, they can see the historical, the cultural, the significance of of what this land is. So it excites me. It really, really excites me to be able to do that. Yeah. What did you take away this week? It was a was very full schedule. Well, I'll tell you the one thing that is, just continues to stick in my mind and it is this. I have never been to uh, the Gaza border area onto one of the kibbutz down there. Um, I had that privilege this week to go to, I think it's called Nireem. And if you can help me, Miriam, if I mis- Miriam, yeah. yes, help, help me pronounce that because I don't speak Hebrew. Sorry, but I'm, we, we heard stories of families. We were in the communities that uh, have been under the bombardment of rockets from terrorist organization organizations with an S in, in the Gaza Strip. Right. And one of the things that I'll never forget in my, that's going to mark my mind is this. One of the one of the ladies said, "We tent, we will dwell, and what we concentrate on is the ninety nine percent, and then we we don't concentrate so much on the one percent. That ninety nine percent meaning the goodness, the the good things, um, our families, our life. Yes, we get under bombardment with thousands of rockets, and then so that touched me because you think about everything that the Jewish people have gone through over thousands of years." the Holocaust and things recent and just all the things that the Jewish people, and yet in the midst of that, they still have hope and they're surrounded here in this country with enemies everywhere. And they still have hope. I'm like, wow. And sometimes my lights don't work and I get upset, (laughs) right? You know, or the refrigerator cuts off on me or whatever the car doesn't start. So I'm just saying that is so inspiring to me. And, and coming to this land as much as I have been, I mean, I had senses of that. Sure. But being down there, knowing the rockets and knowing that that's a place too where people have lost their life on this on this kibbutz, it was just so inspirational. And then she went on to say this. She said uh, that, you know, we 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 love the Arab people. In fact, she was talking about a bike ride that they did with with the some of the oh, Palestinians nice. and, and working with them. So I'll, that's one thing I'll never forget. Yeah, that's amazing. Now, it's interesting I've never ever thought thought of it in the same context, but you're talking about the hope they that you saw people living miles from the Gaza border. Nowadays, they still suffer rockets, but often rockets are flying over their heads, going to other communities, and that still creates lots of trauma for the yes. for the parents, yes. for the children, for the parents because they can't protect their children, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, but your folk, she focused on the one on the ninety nine percent. That's hopeful. That's right. And yet, you know this, our national anthem, Hatikva, means the hope. Oh. And it was written at a very different time. It was written, I, some will Google this and check, but certainly more than 100 years ago. 
And the hope then was that we would return. Hmm. And now what you experienced this week was not the hope of our returning, but the hope that we've returned and all of the blessings that go along with that. Yes. Yet acknowledging that there's 1% or, or right. that I mean, 1% might be arguable, but yeah. whatever small percent it is that is challenging and threatening to right. us, but we still have hope yes. in the face of that. And I'm not going to, I'm not here on this podcast to say that there's no one in Israel that, you know, is not fearful oh, and doesn't, I mean, I mean, with, with rockets and being sure. surrounded by, you got, you got, you got, uh, the Hezbollah up on the north right. and you got Syria, you got Iran over there in Syria. Yeah. I mean, you, you're surrounded. Yeah. And I'm not going to say that, but, but in the midst of all that, every time I come to this country, I see happy people. Correct. I see happy people. I'm like, how can you be happy? But they're, but it's amazing to me. And it statistically, is. the different, a different survey was mentioned today in the context of Israel being the fifth safest country for tourists in the world, which is not what you'll get that if you listen to John Riley on American Family Radio, but you won't get that if you listen to most mainstream media. And there's also an annual survey that, in fact, I think comes out around now, around in, in December time, um, which are the most happy countries in the world. And Israel's always among the top 10. Yep. What a tremendous paradox because yeah. what people think is that we're living in a war zone danger threat all the time yet we're happy and hopeful and uh and, and and actually life is arguably more safe here than most places in america okay so what i'm going to ask you to do is can you export some of that to the united states some of this some of this hope <laughs> some, we we have crazy stuff going on in the united states right now yeah what i'm saying in that same survey the united states yeah, is well. 20th right 20th right. safest place. Right. Now, now, I want everybody to think about this. And most people maybe who are listening to this podcast understand that you're surrounded by enemies. And yet it's the fifth safest place. Correct. I mean, I mean, the, the, one of the best army in the Middle East. Yep. Uh, and on and on, we could talk about that. But yeah, export some of that hope over to the United States, will you? Just, just uh, I'll, 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 I'll <laughs> try to do that on it. I'll work on it. I don't know what the, the duties on uh, are on that, but we'll, <laughs> we try to bring the blessings. From yeah, there. Amen. Um, what else? What else stood out this week? Um, you know, just meeting a lot of good uh, Christian ministries from around the world that love the Lord, and uh, I met so many wonderful people from all over the world that have such a love for the people of Israel, uh, have a desire to get the land, uh, get to get the word out about what's happening sure. here in Israel in a truthful way. So, you know, that's, that's, that's a highlight for me just to kind of relationships. I'm going to, I'm in a relationship kind of guy. Yeah. So yeah, that, I would say that's another one. It's a great group of people. Let's, yep. let's pivot back okay. to, uh, to your family. All right. Right. Good. You, you yeah. mentioned your mother. Yeah. Um, love that. Yeah. That, 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 what, Talk about your mother and your your family history, and then we'll unpack it. Okay, thank you for letting me do that. All right, so, you know, my mother was uh, a Moroccan Jew, so she was born in Morocco to a large Jewish family, 20 brothers and sisters. Whoa. Yeah, it was a large family, and uh, she, um, uh, half of her family there in Morocco died, and the other half moved to Israel, so... I have a lot of family members here in Israel from the north to the south, and we visited many of them. One or two of my mom's sisters are still alive. One of them here in the land of Israel, Pardes Hana. She's wow. very old now. Uh, it's, she's very elderly. It's um, I haven't seen her uh, in a year, but because of her situation. 
So large family. My mom met my father, who was an American, United States citizen. In the He was in the Army at the time. I think it was like 52, 53, something like that, just after uh, that World War II. And uh, they got married. So what year? Uh, I think it was like 53. Okay. I think it was like okay. 1953. So I don't know all the family dynamics, you know, from my mom's side. I'm sure they were. I mean, he's a Gentile. Yeah. And so I don't I don't know all the fine. I'm sure they weren't happy, but I don't know. all. But I don't know all that because I you know, we didn't I didn't have long conversations with my mom about that. But then she moved to the United States and became a United States uh, citizen, yeah. legal citizen. I never grew up Jewish. My dad was a Gentile. So, you know, grew up Christian, you know, um, but I know that the fact that my mom was Jewish, that's that planted something deep within me. Yeah. And uh, it's never left me. And I often think, well, if my mom had not been Jewish, would I have had this kind of fervor and fire that I have, you know, for my love for, for Jewish people and for the land of Israel and for the Bible? Uh, I don't maybe. But I, I know that I have it now. Yeah, sure. You know, so that's a little bit about about my mom. Well, and genetically, you're half Jewish. I receive it. And, I, I receive it. <laughs> and so, what you're experiencing yeah, here, yeah, and your love for Israel is not only something that's based in your faith. Thank you. But it's awakening your DNA. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It feels like a a reconnection. Um, it really does. Did, it's amazing. Did your mother ever speak with you? Or she had her siblings here. Did she ever speak with you about Israel, about Judaism, her life in Morocco? You know, she spoke a lot about her life in Morocco. I, I think I think there were some, I don't know if there were some difficulties in her family. I think it was the religious family from what I all Probably. from what I from what I can understand there yes. in Morocco. Uh she didn't talk a lot. Of, I'll be honest with you. She didn't talk a lot about it. Um, she talked about her family a little bit. Um, she was always afraid to get on an airplane. You know, she was of that generation, I think. Or I, I think, I don't, I, I may be wrong on this, but I think she came over here on a boat. <laughs> I really did. Yeah, to America. Sorry, United States, but from from Morocco. But no, she never really... Um, we didn't have long, long, long discussions, although I tried to probe her as I got older and became more interested, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you're here now and that honors her and thank you. And, and, and her I family and, and your, um, and your deep connection, which is deeper in thank many you. ways here. Much, thank you. Much more dimensional. Yeah. It's very emotional for me when I, when I think about my family, I have family members here in Israel. Sure. Um, yeah, it, it gets a little bit, it, 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 it yeah, <laughs> you, you, when you scratch the surface of most Christians who love Israel, you'll see the emotion and, and certainly people are connected and pray for us. But you have you it's in your blood. Yeah, it's not you. It, you. You're not only grafted in. Thank you. You're, you're part of us. Thank you. Yeah. Thank amazing. you. Um, John, this has been great so far. I want to take a quick break uh, and then come talk, come back and talk a little bit more about um, why Israel so significant. I'm right back. I want to pause in the conversation for just a moment to invite you to join us in one of the really incredible programs that we do as part of the Genesis 123 Foundation. This year, we have been going out all throughout the Judean mountains to show love to soldiers who are stationed keeping us safe from the threat of terrorism. It doesn't matter if we're in a burning heat wave or temperatures below freezing before the wind chill, they are out there 
guarding strategic points that have a high risk of terrorism. And thanks to the support of many people like you, we are pleased to bring them homemade hot soup in the cold of winter and cold drinks and sweet watermelon in the heat of summer. Any donation is meaningful and helps us to bless the soldiers. You can join us and donate at genesis123.co slash bless a soldier. That's genesis123.co slash bless a soldier. And when you do, you also have the opportunity to send along your own personal words of thanks and blessings to the soldiers guarding the land and protecting the people. Please join us. Not usually, not usually my uh, local broadcast studio from the Judean mountains, uh, the un- undivided eternal capital of Israel and the Jewish people. Um, by the way, speaking of which, John, did you go to uh, the, the tour today at City of David? I did, and it wasn't my first time at the City of David. We have been there many, many times, as many times that I've come to Israel, always go to the City of David. But what struck me uh, by going to the City of David this time was actually being able to walk on the pilgrimage yep. road there in the City of David. I had never had that opportunity, and um, and you can talk, you know so much more about this, but it was amazing to you know understand that pilgrimage road connected to the Temple Mount from the Pool of Siloam, Shiloh, or however that's pronounced, mm-hmm. I, Siloam. And uh, just was amazing. I mean, just think about all the thousands and millions of pilgrims that walked up that road and including a famous one who lived. Yes. Yeah. And including including Jesus, you know, um, and then there's a story in the Bible about how uh, he he healed that blind man from the water. I think the spit that he in the mud. I can't remember all, all of it there in the Bible. So but it's amazing to have walked to walk on a good portion of that pilgrimage road. And I had never done that. So that was a highlight. I did it for the first time last week. And then two weeks from now. We're having a conversation with uh, someone from uh, the city of David to talk about that and the significance. But you mentioned Jerusalem, or where I was mentioning Jerusalem, and and uh, of course that is the that is the 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 core. That's where it started. It is. That's where King David built his yeah. his city. Well, you know what's amazing to me is, and I don't I don't know if you want to go off in this direction, Jonathan. There but all, all, no no wrong no directions. wrong no wrong turn here. Okay, yeah. well I'm going to get in a soapbox right now. Good. Because there was a soapbox. There was, there was, yeah, <laughs> there, was a there, so, there actually was a podium on that uh, pilgrimage mm-hmm. road uh, that Jonathan and I are talking about here uh, was used for, I guess, announcements and some other things and lost and found anyway, too, too, too complicated <laughs> to get all that detail. But here's a soapbox. <laughs> so the, the, the me- much of the media out there, and I'm going to call it the fake news. I know that's an overused term. The UN, I'm going to say the United Nations and so many other organizations out there that refuse to understand with the facts on the ground that this is a this was a a a Jewish place is a Jewish place so you can look at the archaeology you can look at the things that come up off of out of the ground and yet you know you have uh, people in the UN and in other places uh in our world that say oh no this isn't a Jewish this isn't this is not Jewish you know we and then going back to the Palestine or whatever they want to say it is. So that really makes me mad. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you right now, uh, the way the media tries to eliminate the Jewish history, I will say it that way. And that's this is not the first time that this has happened in history. Correct. You know what I mean? So the try the people trying to elim- eliminate Jewish history, and uh, I'm afraid it's not going to be the last time. And 
but we know the truth of, of what really is the truth here you so know? I, I actually you're going exactly in the direction that i wanted to go but i wanted to take it down three different roads As a matter of fact on that pilgrimage road if you walk down it as compared to up it then the, the, the road divides you remember where, where there's a yes. fork in it which which i'm really curious um uh structurally why it went that way what was in the middle and and in a couple of years maybe we'll get to see that um but when you're talking about this sort of the, the denial mm -hmm. some of it certainly comes from ignorance yeah and and then the ignorance certainly can feed the denial but there's also an a, a malice in reporting about israel and i want to talk about it from three different hats okay i want to talk it we're both americans mm -hmm. i want to talk it from an american perspective and okay. maybe we'll save that till the end okay i want to talk about it from an historical perspective which okay. is where we're going right now all right and then spin off to a christian perspective okay like what when you're walking, when you're in Jerusalem, whether it's where we're sitting in the hotel right now or in on the pilgrim road where you, where you know for a certainty that millions of Jewish pilgrims, including Jesus, would walk a couple of times a year. Mm -hmm. And it was a road of commerce. It wasn't just a, a pathway for pilgrims. It was commerce. It was a central um, central road, main, the main road, Main Street, Jerusalem, if you will. What What, what historically jumps out as being so obvious that it that that it, we just have to smack people in the face and correct them historically i think um what we need to do and i'm i'm going to go ahead and speak from my perspective here uh, for evangelicals or christians however you want to define that i think we have got to get back to understanding the bible from a jewish historical geographical perspective if we don't do that first, I, I, I don't believe you can really understand the word of God, both, both books. Okay. Okay. So that's my, that's, I really okay. believe that strongly. So I think that's the first point. Um, you, you've got to really dig into and study the word of God. And I will tell you for me personally, and we had this conversation earlier today for my wife and I, we have spent the last seven or eight years digging into what Jewish people call the Torah. And I think in Christianity, it's called the Pentateuch or something like yeah, that. I don't yeah, know what, yeah. what all these terms are, but I just know it's the first five books. Right. So we've, we've done a deep dive into that with the, with the lens of Jewish context, history, geography. And since we have done that, my whole mindset has changed. Not that I'm, 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 you know, trying to get a kippah and, and become, you know, and, but it, my, our whole mindset has changed about how we read the Bible. Sure. Because I believe that you can't really understand the Bible completely if you're not going to understand that foundation there, and especially for believers to understand what's happening in the other the other book. Correct. You know, so I think that has got to be the starting point um for anybody. And it's and it's a it it's taken us six or seven years and we're still learning. Yeah. You know? Well by the way, that learning never stops. Right. Nor should it. That's one of the great things. It's you're yeah. always learning and every and when we read, you do this. And when we read the Bible, we read the Torah in an annual cycle. Every year we're in a different place in our life. We have new experiences as prisms through which to look through the same text that we read a year before and the year before that. But we're older, we're wiser. We had someone, a loved one die. We, we see criminals doing horrible things and, and, and elections and all, everything in life relates to the Torah. Yeah, um, it really does. Yeah. It really does. I mean, 
I'm going to tell you here on this podcast, Jonathan, just um, between us, just between, but just between you and yeah. me, brother, okay. uh, and anybody else is listening to this, but thank you and all of the Jewish people and the thousands of years and that we owe a great debtitude to the, to, uh, gratitude to the Jewish people for our, for our laws, for our moral laws, yeah. for, and so many other things, um, that the Jewish people have given the world. So I'm I'm saying thank you publicly. Okay. You know, to you I'll and receive to, that. You know, um the other thing is, you know, I often say this, you know, we don't need to rewrite the Bible. You know, we need just to need to re reread it. Uh, reread it I from that. that historical That needs to be a bumper sticker. It does. It really does. We don't need to rewrite the Bible. We just need to reread it from that historical, cultural, historical, uh, geographical perspective. And I say geographical because that's an important component. Very important. I noticed that you said that. That's very important. Huge. And actually, I want to come back maybe where you're going to go. I think you said tomorrow we're going to talk about that because I had a great experience there in the Allah Valley a couple of months ago. Uh, but one of the things that I, I so appreciate you, okay, acknowledging and thanking the I don't know that we can take credit the Jewish people. We were we were entrusted by God. We received it. We accepted that and we preserve the the Bible in our in our our lives, the Torah. Um but going back to the conversation about um the undermining of Jewish history mm-hmm. here, it also undermines the the crux of Christianity. Yes. The the I, I always like to say that, and there's so many things we were talking about it earlier today and we're still as this podcast is released it's the middle of hanukkah john ten twenty two. if you don't people don't know first century judaism that's right they don't know that john ten twenty two. jesus came to jerusalem to celebrate the dedic- feast of the dedication that's right in the winter that it was hanukkah you could just read the words it's one sentence and, and nod and say right. oh okay that's another nice thing that jesus did but he of course he was a first century jew and we have to remember that. So anytime someone says that there was no temple on the Temple Mount that Jesus came to celebrate in that 200 years earlier had been rededicated because of That's the right. desecration of the of the Greek yes. Syrians, yes. then they're undermining their own history. Yes, yes. And, and, and again, going back to understanding the foundations, those first five books, you're going to understand the rest of it so much better, including... For the, those those who are listening to this podcast, that, who are are Christians, evangelicals, you're going to understand. You know, you're going to understand Paul, who's just a character in the sure. Bible. If you're not, people aren't familiar with that who are listening, but you're going to understand what he says. So much of it referring back to the Torah, and then talking about Jesus. You know, I can't remember the context, but but he's you know, what's the greatest commandment? I think it was the question that that, that was asked him. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, your strength, yep. and love your neighbor as yourself. And you know, you would think, wow, that's that's unique. Now, Jesus said that. That's unique to Jesus. But listen, that's from the Torah. Correct. That's from Deuteronomy, Correct. I believe. Correct. It's from Deuteronomy, Correct. and then and then the, and then the the uh, the Ten Commandments. You know, love your neighbors yourself. So, I mean, if you don't understand all that, it's you're at a disadvantage. I'm just going to say that. So you're yeah. you're against pastors who say that we don't need the Old Testament. Oh, my goodness. You're going to get me started on that. Uh, well, now can I get up on another soapbox? Don't uh, do it. Don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, Jonathan. We have, I'm telling you, in pulpits across the United States, and I'm so sad to say this, that many, many pulpits across the United States will discount the Old Testament and highlight the new or the other book, 
and 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 say, well, you know, we're not living under law or whatever, whatever they say, but you cannot, for me, you can't, you've got to connect everything together. Right. right. And then, you know, uh, you have so, so many, and we won't get into all this. I know replacement theology The you know, the Israel, you know, has been, re- you know, we've replaced the Christians have replaced the, you know, the Jewish people, right. which is just a terrible anti-Semitic, awful, horrible, demonic thing. And not theologically sound. It's not theologically, <laughs> it's not theologically sound. So it breaks my heart that there are so many uh, pastors from the pulpits that do this. And I'm not going to give his name because if I do, it probably would not be good. Well, but we know who a, you're talking about. But there was a pastor in um, in Atlanta. Yep. And I'm like, what did he just say? Right. It, it was so anti-Semitic. Yep. Like the Jews are at fault. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. At fault? What? are you talking about, right. you know, in the context of what he, it was horrible. Right. And I'm like, I cannot believe that you were saying this and you have a large church in this particular city. And I sent it to a few people, uh, some Jewish people. I'm like, I, I I'm, I'm embarrassed. Sure. I'm hurt sure. by what you did. And so I don't know why, I don't know why pastors do that. I don't know why churches do that. If they're not understanding the word of God, ah, there you I, go. I don't know what it is. I, I think they're just not, studying the word they think they're understanding the word of god but they're not understanding the historical context like we've been talking about and and by the way and i it's so fascinating that you're taking the jewish perspective and saying how bad it's bad anti-semitic and bad uh misrepresenting and bad for jews but i'm going to flip it on the other side and i'm saying that anyone who sits in a church like that yes and hears that word yes yes is not getting anything close right to what First of all, not what Jesus lived, right? Exactly. Much less the fact that right. that 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 also undermines that's right Christianity. It is a modern hijacking. It is of Christianity. It is, and and I'm going to give this little uh, disclaimer. I'm not going to say, and you know this, there not all pulpits are like what we just described. So we understand that there's so many, oh, thank God. so many, and you you work with them, Jonathan. You work with pastors all across the United right. States, so you you know that to be true. So on the hijacking thing. I'm not an expert on this, but I will tell you this. Throughout history, translations of Bible, and I don't know how to put it, but have tried to Christianize or co-opt the text or whatever to make it non-Jewish and make it more Christian. Listen, this is wrong. Sure. Number one, it's a Jewish book. Both books are Jewish books written by Jewish people. And when you try to Christianize that to create your theological viewpoint or whatever that's just plain wrong sure 100 percent, 100 percent wrong a year ago one of the best conversations i had on my podcast was with dr michael brown oh i love him i love him too we 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 we're we're he's delightful we've co-authored articles together he's moral he's brilliant right and and i admire so much of who he is. So I invited him to do an episode with me called the trial of the Jewish Jesus. Oh, excuse me. The trial of Jesus, the Palestinian, right? Because every year at about this time, our neighbors here in the Palestinian authority will come out making up things that Jesus was, a was the original martyr, original Palestinian. Um, there are all kinds of horrible things that they say that are theologically and historically unfounded. And I had Michael, um, unpack it both from a religious and an historic perspective. Brilliant uh, conversation. I'm not taking credit for that. He did such a good job. But still today, that's happening. Yeah. 
and it needs to be combated because yes. it's wrong and it needs to be combated because theologically it's it's just pulling away elements of the of the essential foundation that Jews and Christians have together and of our respective faiths. Yeah, I I'm it's it's alarming to me that that is happening has happened um and you know even and I, I I'm I'm going to go ahead and get into this I'm at least say a little bit about it but I know there's a there's a certain Bible college in in Bethlehem that has yeah. been promulgating this sort of thing of what you're talking about that Jesus was a Palestinian I'm going to say it right now Jesus was Jewish okay Jesus was not a Palestinian end of story look at the Bible and if you're not doing that you're 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 a liar I'm just well, going to say that right now but it depends which Bible you look at because some Bibles will have a map that says Palestine in the time of Jesus and Jesus never heard the word Palestine because that was not invented until more than a hundred years after he died. It was made up a bunch. It was made up by a bunch of Romans. So Correct. there you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're the ones who made that up to, to, uh, as, as something against the Jewish people. So it's, we, you can't just listen to everything in the media into the news. You cannot do that anymore. You've got to be a student of the Bible, number one, and you have to research your facts. Don't just believe everything you hear. Yeah, 100%. I want to take a break, and it wasn't my intention at all, but you brought in the word geography and a a favorite place that we both have, and I'm going to come back to that and and then come back to the history. But geography is real important and related, so we're going to come right back. If you're like most people in the world, you know about the Holocaust, but never met, much less interacted with a Holocaust survivor or heard their stories of suffering and survival. With the remaining elderly survivors dying at an unprecedented pace, in less than a generation, there will be none alive. Yet, while they did survive, and for that we need to celebrate them, many still suffer trauma from their youth. As they age, they have increasing needs. And living on fixed incomes, sometimes with no pension, things as simple and essential as basic foods, heating in the winter, medicine, and inflation can push someone over the line from surviving to struggling again. It can create stress in their lives that reminds them of the suffering they endured as young people. It's just not acceptable that anyone who suffered as much should struggle with basic needs or any undue stress in their twilight years. I want to invite you to join the Genesis 123 Foundation to bless the survivors. Yes, we pray that you'll donate personally and do so generously. And when you do, we also give you the opportunity to send your personal blessings and words of encouragement to the survivors themselves to brighten their day and let them feel your love. Having been privileged to provide financial resources to help survivors on a day-to-day basis, I know it makes a difference and is very appreciated. But your personal note that we translate into Hebrew, Russian, or Yiddish really makes them smile and warms their heart. I pray you'll join us by going to genesis123.co slash hug a survivor. That's genesis123.co slash hug a survivor, and please share this with others. We can't undo the suffering that they endured, and there's no limit to what the needs are, but we can never do too much to comfort them in their final years. Please join us. God bless you.
you had said that you're going tomorrow, the next day, I don't remember which, you're going to the Ella Valley. Yep. That's about half an hour from my house. Actually, I'll be driving there on Friday because we're, my wife and I decided we're taking out sushi from our favorite place. Really? That's nearby and we're doing sushi for Shabbat. Oh. So, so I'll be driving there on Friday. But the Allah Valley, for people listening who don't know, is where David fought Goliath. That's right. And there's a valley, and that's uh-huh. real. I have a, a, a pastor friend in Nashville who asked me one day to get him, I think he wanted 10 rounded stones. And I knew exactly what he was talking about. And I went there. And and I want you to talk about that specifically, and then maybe the whole geography in general, why that's significant. But what was fascinating is I couldn't find any rounded stones. And I think it's in Second Kings, the, the account of Jesus, uh, oh, Jesus, excuse me, of David killing Goliath. Mm-hmm. But don't quote me on that. I'm really bad at quoting actual scriptural sources. And then I realized when you read the scripture, David took the stones out of the brook. And if you go to that very valley right now, there's no water. Right. So, so more than 2,000, 20, 25, 3,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago, there was running water. So if there had been running water, the stones would be rounded. But there's no more running run, no, no running water. So naturally, the stones are not going to be rounded. They don't come out. Yeah, that's interesting. That I never thought about so that. So why, why is the Ella Valley significant? Okay. We're going to talk about that and then broaden it. So just as you are coming from Jerusalem, you're traveling down Highway 1. You take a left on, on Highway 38. Yep. And you travel on Highway 38. And you are going south, for those of you who are listening right now. You are passing Bet Shemesh, which is a very biblical town. This is where the ark came from, uh, you know, during, I think it was during the time of uh, Shemuel Samuel. I think I think it was during okay. the time when the ark was lost. Anyway, it, it, they, it, was, it was captured by the Philistines and then sent back to Bet Shemesh. Okay, so you continue on. And you come to Telazeka. You're, you're on your way to the, the Elah Valley. You come to a place called Telazeka. So why is that significant? Well, it's significant for a lot of reasons, especially when, when Joshua came into the land. He was chasing uh-huh, a bunch of uh-huh, bad people uh-huh. and, uh, hailstones came down. The Bible records, uh, that hailstones came about these bad guys and destroyed them. And, and, you know, there was a victory. And then you, you keep traveling down and you get into this beautiful valley of, of Elah. So the Bible is descriptive. It talks about, when, and when it comes to David and Goliath, it talks about Azekah. It talks about Soka, I think. And another, uh, there, another. you can help me with this, but it talks about different geographical points. Well, I want people to go open their Bibles when open they're Open your Bibles. Or pause this and read it and then come Open back. it. Yeah. Open it. I can't remember all the different geographical markers Correct. that you will read about. You've got to open up your eyes when you read the scripture to hear the land speak. Yeah, beautiful. So if you don't, you're missing it. Right. You're missing it. Right. Um, and when you do that, and the, and the geographical marker. So how do we know that's where the? How do we know that's where the the, the this happened? This this the story in the Bible of, of David and Goliath. Well, geographically we know because the Bible describes it. Now it doesn't always happen that way in, in the Word of God, where we have these geographical markers and we kind of have an idea and some pounds are lost. But this one. We know, yeah. We know because we can open up the Bible and see it, and that's what I'm saying. Open up the Bible when you read. Begin to open up your eyes to geographical things, markers in the Bible, and then do study on that. Begin to research it. Begin to 
you know, look at it. Correct. There's a lot of ways, there's a lot of things out there to research that. Yeah. Correct. And by the way, for Americans, and, and I guess probably not Americans, but I grew up in Princeton, New Jersey. We had a historic Revolutionary War battlefield two miles from my house. Um, Americans and anyone who have these battlefields that have been commemorated in their lives know that a battlefield has to have certain um, geographic uh, what's the word? C- continuity it has to be flattish. You can't run troops after one another, whether it's on horseback or with with rifles, or even in modern day with tanks or something else. You can't have a battlefield that's mountainous. Right. And so you go to the Ella Valley. You have a you have the biblical battlefield. That's right. One of them at least. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and, and you know that's not the only place. You you go all over Israel, and again you open up the Bible. Uh, and you see these places all around, and I've traveled all over this land. I've been all over this country. Um, you go to the north, you go to the Galilee area. So and actually, you, so let's pick out some of them. Where you Bechan. I mean, okay. you go to Bechan. Where's Bechan? Bechan is um, located not far from the Sea of Galilee. It is, uh, let's see, it's probably, I don't know, 20 minutes or something like that. 25 minutes south. from south of of, right. of uh of the of the of the Sea of Galilee, and I'm trying to think. Uh, you know, you scoot out of the Betshan and you take a road, and you get into the Jezreel Valley. You know, right. when you it empties right. out. So, but that's a, a major historical uh, site, and you go there, and you 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 can open up the Bible, and you can read, and and you can understand what happened there. I mean, it's it really opens your eyes up when you start opening up to the geography, and then. You know, um, Bechan was actually one of the uh, Decapolis cities, what it was called, the Decapolis cities back, you know, one of the 10 Decapolis cities, not to get into all that. So yeah, I love it. I love geography. I'm not always good at it, but. <laughs> What's your favorite? If, if you're bringing a group next week, where, where are you taking them? What's your top one, two, three places that geographically you, you, that, un, that unveil that history? You know, um, I'm, I'm a little biased here because I mean, I love the Sea of Galilee because of the beauty and there's so many things around the Sea of Galilee for people to see. But I have to tell you that the Golan Heights is one of my favorite. Okay. Because as you travel up the Golan Heights, you go past Hatzor, the road that I take, you go past the, the significant biblical city. Uh, there's multiple things we could talk about Hatzor, but hey, just look it up in the Bible and you'll see it's, it's all over the Bible. Hatzor and you travel on to Tel Dan. Tel Dan is at the north that borders uh, Lebanon, Syria, right, right, right there. Right. And that is the source of the Jordan. So you wonder, okay, well, where's all this water coming from? <laughs> well, it's well, it's coming from up there. You know, you begin to get the idea that the water is flowing down. And I think that's what the Jordan means. Does it not mean flowing down? I don't know. Oh, okay. But I, I don't know if it does or not. Somebody can tell me. But you begin to see the significance of, of the water and then all the things that happened at Tel Dan. And, you know, Dan was along the coast and then they, they moved up there, the tribe of Dan I'm talking right, about. Right. And then they moved up there to uh, Tel Dan. Um, and then, of course, one of the most significant things, they found uh, a, uh, it was a stone that had something about the House of David on it. A, a, a battle commemorating yes. a victory over someone yes. from the House of David. Yes. Proves that then there was a David. That's right. That's right. right. This was not a myth. There was a house of David exactly. and there was a battle. Yes. And by the way, when you talk about, I got really excited when you talked about geography at the outset. One of the best classes I had in college here, actually, 
uh, at Tel Aviv University was the political geography of the Middle East. Wow. So everything that you're talking about is amazing historically, but we can go to all of these places or most of them and just do a like an overlay of the modern history because that source of the water, if we go back to the rel- to our lifetime in the 1960s, the Syrians wanted to cut it off because that was Israel's only water supply and Israel threatened that if Syrians were going to build a dam, we were going to bomb it and that would have created a war. And all of the significance of the hills and valleys and and the water sources and 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 also now miraculous just this week as we're speaking Israel announced that there's a, a whole method to provide desalinated water from the Mediterranean to replenish the Sea of Galilee which is great because when we don't have enough rain in the rainy season the Sea of Galilee can get dangerously low and it is our main water source but it also is the tributary to the rest of the Jordan River which flows down to this Dead Sea. Wow. And if we don't have enough water in that, then everything else dies along the way. Well, it's amazing. And I encourage anybody who's who's listening today, um, and I don't know who has been to Israel, who hasn't been to Israel, but come to Israel because, and especially do not uh, fail to go up to the Golan Heights. Okay. Do not fail to go to, to a place like Tel Dan. There's, there's another beautiful waterfall called the Banyas Waterfalls yep. that are up yep. there. Yep. And you will understand and when you go to Tel Dan, it's hard to describe. You hear the rushing water. It's mm-hmm. like, um, like if you were in a, a canoe somewhere and they had the the the, uh, the uh, rushing waters. You know, like if you're Beautiful. going down, what do you call that? Uh, the, the the rapids. The rapids. It's like the, you hear the water. Yep. You hear the rushing of the waters coming from there. There, and it's all flowing into the Sea of Galilee, into the Jordan River. So. You have to see that with your eyes, and you have to see the yeah. t- strategic importance of the Golan Heights as well. And overlaying yep. that in modern Israeli life, yep. those are our playgrounds today. That's yes. where we go away and camp and swim and take our kids and do barbecues. And we even lose sight of the fact that, okay, here's a significant water source that's not just significant to us now because we're playing in it, but significant biblically as well. And I'm jealous because you get to ski on Mount Hermon, but that's oh, okay. I've, we'll forgive you for I've that. I've never done that. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's begin to wrap up. I want to put on okay. the American hat right now. Okay. Um, you, you've got the, the regular program on American Family Radio, and that's that's from a biblical perspective. Right. But you can't separate the fact that it's an American ministry. Right. And, I, and, right. and maybe to the extent that we can remove the Christian perspective okay. from a, for a moment. Why is Israel so significant to America? You know, I mean, there's, there's so many answers to that question. And I'll, I mean, obviously you, the United States gained its values from the Jewish people. I'm just going to say it right now. Okay. Let's look at the 10 commandments. Let's okay. just, let's just, okay. If that's it, but it's not, that's it. Right. There's more. So the laws and the things that this country has given, not just to the United States, but to the world. So that's, that's huge. Okay. So that's, that's one thing. And we could talk a lot about that. The second thing is the significance of the partnership between the United States and Israel. Why? Not just because we love the Jewish Jew, partnership Jew, is an important word. Partner, partnership. You didn't say relationship. You said partnership. Okay. Relationship. No, no. But I, I go well, 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 it's relationship, partnership, and I, I for, okay, so let me define that. Okay. For the, I guess for the United States, it's a partnership for the government. <laughs> for me, it's a relationship, okay. you know, but 
what what I'm and I I kind of use partnership relationship for me that's interchangeably okay. but so security security wise you all in Israel hold back the terrorists I, I mean I don't think the average American well yeah we have a great um, army and a great military in the United States thank God for that and I'm a proud American but thank God for the Israeli IDF for yeah. what you do how we cooperate, how you, how you keep terrorism away from our shores and how we can help you, that's an unrivaled partnership. And I'm sad to say that in a lot of ways, that relationship, partnership, however you want to look, look at that, has, uh, it, it should be, it should be uh, nonpartisan, you know, yes. when we're talking about political stuff, yes. okay? But unfortunately, um, and I'm going to say this right now with our current Biden administration, I don't, I don't think it is. That's just my opinion. Um, and I'm coming from a little, maybe a little different perspective, but it should be, you know, it should be, um, nonpartisan. And, and for many years it has been, but it's, I think it's kind of teetering a little bit. It's teetering. It's my, in my opinion. And, 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 and not that, uh, we're, we're not, I guess we're in an election season for 24. Um, and, yeah. and there'll be, all of the Congress reelected and a third of the Senate and, and there'll be a presidential election. But this is a good word to, to put in people's minds now that the relationship with Israel does matter. And part of the relationship, of course, is the tremendous funding that the United States has been providing on an annual basis. But too many people mistakenly think that that's just a gift, that it's that we're that America is taking a couple of billion dollars and throwing it at Israel, whereas the reality is most of that money is for defense, and most of that has to be spent in the U.S. So basically, we're funneling money back into <laughs> U.S. jobs and yeah. technology for Israeli inventions that ultimately not just keep Israel safe, but also now the U.S. is able to buy and and others are able to buy and use these uh, weapons or defensive weapons primarily for their own safety and we're the canary in the coal mine you are and and that you are but and so every time there's a war here you know that there are people in the pentagon staring and and kind of rubbing their hands can't can't wait to see what's the outcome of that because they're learning from from the 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 reality that we have to go through once in a while yeah well we give a lot of money to a lot of different countries and unfortunately sometimes i completely disagree with what we do such as in in ukraine we're giving them millions of dollars and that's a sad situation there i pray for the people there i hope it turns out good i but we can never stop um that relationship with israel in the partnership of of, of finances whatever we're doing here in the united we cannot we can never stop that never well, never, it, never 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 both because it's right historically that's right. and morally that's right but it's also a solid investment that's right. Exactly. Solid investment. Yes. Um, John, I want to wrap up with your expertise. You're an educated man. You're knowledgeable. What book are you re- recommending to listeners now? What's the best book that depicts Israel? Remo- remove the Bible. Everyone needs to read. Oh, now Bible. you're making it hard for me because I don't know if I'll have an answer for you on that one. Uh, let's let's find a book that that <laughs> that depict. I'll tell you what made me think of it. Okay. When you were talking earlier about the geography and about being in the land, I re- I read I remember reading um, Bill O'Reilly's No Relationship, um, Killing Jesus, ah, and there was some incredible imagery that allowed me to tra- first learn about Jesus, and second, 
transport me to first century Israel. Yeah. Which I, living in Israel now for nearly 20 years, added a great dimension. And I thought he yeah. did such a good job. What, what one, one or two books historically, religiously, would you tell someone is a must? Oh my goodness. You know, I <clears throat> honestly, I can't off the top of my head. I cannot. <laughs> I'm having a hard time thinking okay. of one or two books right now. I mean, what, I, what I would say is, um, there's so much solid material out there. And, and when you're be careful, but there's so much good material on, on what you're talking about to, to read, to understand the geography and the land, um, find something that, that agrees with the Bible okay. and is not replacement theology and is okay. not trying to dismiss the Jewish people and Christianize it, but try to find something like that, you know, as you are scouting out something to read, Great. but yeah. Okay. No, I like that answer. And it actually gives me an opportunity to, to uh, ask listeners if they have a recommendation, yeah. I would love to hear what's your yeah. favorite book. What, what, what did you read that really opened your eyes to Israel? And conversely, anyone, I always invite people for a dialogue, anyone who wants, I have a great resource list of such books and they're, they're an infinite number. Thank God. Um, but if anyone wants the list to be, to please be in touch with us, hmm. um, John, before we wrap up last word, we've covered a wide range yes. of topics. What do we not cover? What do you want to share from your heart sitting here in Jerusalem? End of, uh, end of 2022, um, Christmas season. What, what, what would you like to share? Well, I'm just going to go to Hanukkah right okay. now instead of going to Christmas, if that's okay. Um, I'm so thankful for the Jewish people that your calling is to be a light to the world. Is that, am I right? Yeah. Okay. Thank you for continuing to be a light to the world. And, and I want, I want to, my heart is to continue to pray for the Jewish people, continue to expose people to this land, continue to encourage people to read the Bible from that historical cultural context that we've been talking about on this podcast. So um, that's what I would say. Thank you. And then <clears throat> I would say all of us have that same obligation. We're not Jewish to be a light. Yeah. To be nice. a hope to this world, to be an encouragement to people around us. So that's what I would say on, on this Hanukkah. Happy, happy Hanukkah. Or, uh, I forget what the, what the, what the, uh, what you say with, as far as the greeting in, in Hanukkah. How does that go? Hanukkah Sameach, happy Hanukkah. That's it, right that's there, Hanukkah Sameach. That's, that's just the Hebrew of what you just said in English. Yes. Yeah. So, and I appreciate so much. Well, a, yeah. a joyous holiday. Yes. Hanukkah for everyone yes. who's observing. And I love that Christians also connect. And Christmas for those who are celebrating. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, John, and um, what a delightful conversation. I'm so Thank glad you. we finally got to do this and um, enrich enrich everybody with, with your um, thank you. Great vision and understanding well, of Israel. You. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Yeah. So, okay, everybody, we always wrap up with a little tongue in cheek. If you've stayed with us this long, you would deserve a reward. And if you've been following Inspiration from Zion this year, you know that every month we've been giving away a new book, a different book, which we call From Jonathan's Bookshelf. This month is a really cool book. It's called Future Tense by Rabbi Jonathan Sachs who was the former chief rabbi of England, who unfortunately died recently, a tremendous thinker, scholar, one of the greatest modern Jewish 
thinkers, leaders, and communicators in, in uh, the last century. And so I've got a copy of Future Tense sitting on my desk. All we ask is that you do is go to the inspiration from Zion social media and like and follow us. And when you comment and share the link to this program, we're going to pick one person at random to, to receive the book. And I look forward to that. It'll be a late Hanukkah or Christmas present, but it'll be coming to you no less. Uh, we are always grateful that this podcast is sponsored by our friends at the Willow Run Greenhouse in Culpeper, Virginia. If you're ever in the area, go in and say thank you to them for helping make conversations and programs like this possible. And also thanks to the Coyne family as well for their meaningful sponsorship. Inspiration from Zion and all the Genesis 123 Foundation programs are made possible by donations. So please consider joining us to help continue the dialogue and build bridges. And as I said, this episode, I get the uh, privilege of being the host. We are thrilled to dedicate in honor of our friend, Pastor Todd Schumacher and all of his church, Church of the King, and, uh, and Lake Charles, which still needs a lot of prayers and rebuilding. So please join us in that. And if you'd like to sponsor a future episode in honor or memory of a loved one or a special occasion or a place like Lake Charles, please be in touch at inspirationfromzion at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your comments always as part of a dialogue and invite you to send any questions, especially about one, the ones you have about traditional Judaism for our Ask the Rabbi programs. Please share this program with others who will also find it of interest and continue to join us right here as we bring you more meaningful conversations about unique topics relating to Israel that you won't hear anywhere else. Wherever you are in the world, I pray that you and your loved ones are all safe and healthy and send my blessings, well, I usually say from the Judean mountains, but today from Jerusalem, the undivided eternal capital of Israel. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.